Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, a podcast from The Independent on everything to do with love, sexuality, identity and more. This week I'm very excited to be joined by model, writer and entrepreneur Charlie Howard. Charlie is best known for her body neutrality advocacy on Instagram and beyond, having written about the pressures she faced as a young model in her debut book, Misfit, in which she describes how she was dropped from her modelling agency for being too big, despite the fact that she was a size 6 at the time. Today, though, she joins me to talk about why body confidence and self-worth is so integral to finding success in love. We also discuss why women posting pictures of their bodies on social media is such a contentious subject, especially where feminism is concerned. And we do also speak about abusive relationships and topics such as love bombing, gaslighting and psychological abuse. So please do bear this in mind before listening. I'll share some helpline information at the end of the show. Enjoy. Charlie how are you doing? I'm really well how are you? I'm good thank you. I always want to talk about the weather when I start the show because I'm like oh god it's just I'm looking outside my window and it's pissing it down with rain and it's so depressing. <laughs> Literally muggy it's just yeah oh I hate it like what British summer basically. I know um so thank you so much for being here I guess there's so much I want to talk to you about but I suppose a good place to start would be with what happened when you were 23 and you were modeling and you were told by a Scandinavian client that you were too big to fit into their clothes, even though at the time you were a size six, which is such a shocking thing to hear. Um, and, you know, I think you talk about how that was the decision that led you to leave your model agency at the time. So if you could start us off by talking a bit about that and I guess how that affected your confidence when it came to dating at that time. Modeling if you are insecure, is the worst industry to get into because people knock you down all the time. And it's very difficult to view yourself as an object, but that is solely, you know, what you are. You are at the bottom of the food chain. I think people have this idea that you're going to go in being Kate Moss or or Bella Hadid and and you're just not unless you're incredibly lucky. Um, And that was a bit of a wake-up call. So I had very little confidence to begin with. But, yeah, to to cut a long story short, when I was 23, I'd been modelling for about two and a half, three years by this point. Um, I spent my teens trying to get into modelling. And then when I was actually 21, I got into it. So I've been modelling for two and a half, three years without, you know, uh, any success really or any luck. Um, I hardly got any any shoots at all, really. Um, and I had an eating disorder, a really bad eating disorder. And when I was a size six, one of my last jobs was in Scandinavia somewhere. I can't remember whereabouts, but it was for a new online um e-commerce site so I had to shoot about 80 outfits that day and let me tell you now that's not particularly fun so anyway on the shoot there was a pair of leather trousers I couldn't fit into and apparently this was integral for the shoot you know the fact that I couldn't fit into them was a was a big problem because they planned all the outfits around them 
anyway, I kept apologising. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, like apologising for the way my body's built. Um, and when I got back to London, a couple of days later, they called me up and they just said, look, you know, we really appreciate how much you go to the gym, and how much effort you're putting into getting into shape, inverted commas. Um, but unfortunately, you know, not everyone's designed to be a model and I don't think it's ever going to happen for you. So we're going to drop you. And after about three years of just starving myself, it was like I had this like oh, moment where I suddenly looked at myself properly in the mirror and I realized actually not only did I have a problem, which I wasn't really ready to address yet with food, but I also was so much thinner and taller than most of my normal, I say normal, you know, people outside the industry, friends. Um, and therefore, you know, what the hell were they doing? So I wrote a Facebook post that went viral at the time when things didn't really go viral. And um, yeah, it, it got picked up by everyone. It was on the BBC, it was on the news, it was in Pakistan, it was in Japan. I mean, it was literally everywhere. And it was a kind of out of body experience because, you know, I, I said, fuck off to this agency. And, you know, the way you you treat women um, affects women on the outside of the industry as well. And, and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, yeah, I, I had very, very little confidence at the time. And at the time I was going out with, I was actually engaged to a guy um, who knew I had an eating disorder. He knew I had bulimia and would kind of mock me for it. Um, you know, would kind of say things like, why don't you go make yourself sick again? Or, you know, um, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was a very tricky one. You know, we, we weren't intimate because I don't think a, he found my body particularly attractive when it was all skin and bones, but also I didn't feel attractive. You know, I didn't want to be intimate with anyone um, because I genuinely thought I was so obese and so fat and so disgusting and, and how could anyone ever love me kind of thing. Um, so when you have, you know, your career not working out, your relationship not working out, and then everything else kind of falling to pieces around you, uh, which, which is how it felt at the time. It's, it's a really difficult position to be in. Mm, yeah, my God. I'm sorry. I cannot believe that all happened to you. But also, I'm just so shocked to hear what your ex-fiance said to you and how he dealt with that. Did he did he show any compassion that you were clearly going through, you know, a really horrific time with your agency and with your relationship with your body? Like, did he try and help you in any way? Or was he just sort of very dismissive about the whole thing? Well, he was quite a jealous person. Um, he wasn't someone that liked to see me shine in any way. Like I remember one time I uh, booked a job with Rankin, the photographer, and at the time it was like, oh my god, Rankin, I can't believe it. And um, and I told him, and he and all he said to me was, yeah, well, you know, don't get too big headed about it. And he he was just he was a very jealous person, and no, I I um he didn't want to a see me shine, but also I think he completely turned his back to what I was doing and. You know, our relationship suffered. It wasn't just him. It was me as well. Because when food is your life, um, it makes things very difficult. It means you can't go out for meals. It means that every social occasion becomes, you know, very blown out of proportion. So, you know, going to his parents' house for dinner became a thing because I, I would have to walk from Peckham to Cap, um, yeah, to Catford every single day, which is, you know, it was like a two-hour walk. Um sorry, not every day, every time we went around for dinner, it was a two hour walk for me to to get there. And so, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was, it was awful. It was a really difficult time. But no, I think, I think he just didn't want to hear about it. Turned a blind eye. A lot of friends and, and people like that were worried, but obviously he knew about the bulimia, but he just thought it was a weird thing that I was doing. Um, I also had really bad OCD at the time because when you have eating disorders, you tend to have depression and or anxiety and OCD. 
and controlling your calories is obviously a form of OCD because you get very paranoid about it. Um, and again, he just didn't want to, he didn't want to help. He didn't want to, he just didn't want to get involved. Hence why he's my ex. <laughs> I want to ask how you think you process all of that at the time. Cause I think so often what happens is when you're in a relationship like that, where, you know, you are being mistreated, it's very hard to actually see it for what it is when you're in it. And it's only in retrospect that I think you can recognize it. So how did you kind of come to the realization that he wasn't treating you well? Did you, do you think you were aware of that at the time? Well, this is the thing. I don't think I did view it as bad because when it comes to a lot of my exes, which I'm sure we'll get onto, um, he was actually one of the better ones. You know, I've always kind of, um, being drawn to people that do put me down and a lot of that again like you were saying it's completely linked to self-worth you know if you feel bad about yourself you're going to go towards people who make you feel even shitter about yourself um so on the on you know in the grand scheme of things he didn't seem that bad um but yeah I mean yeah it, it it just it just destroys everything and it destroys your confidence you know it's 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 horrible but I, I think most of us have been in, in a form of a toxic relationship to a degree um but towards the end it just got really nasty absolutely mm. what is it about body confidence that you think is so integral to to finding success at love because I think you know this isn't really talked about in this way very much but I think if you like you said you know if you have low self-worth and obviously feeling feeling good about your body or feeling bad about your body is a huge part of your self-worth so if you don't have that how do you think it does affect you in relationships? Do you think it's ever possible to have a successful relationship if your body confidence isn't isn't good? Oh, I mean, that's really tricky. I think I think the body confidence thing is a bit of a tricky subject anyway, because, you know, the whole body positive thing is linked to the way that you look physically. And I think that it's it's a very fine line between um, you know, having good days, having bad days, but also putting all of the significance of your self-worth on the way you look and body positivity still does that, you know? So it's like, oh, love your cellulite, love this, love that. Um, what I'm really big on now is body neutrality. So it's how you feel internally. It's understanding that, you know, not every day is going to be a good day. You're going to have some days, especially if you're a woman, where you feel really gross. You're going to have other days where you feel really great, probably when you ovulate. Um, but it's just, um, it's important to recognize that. But absolutely, you know, if, if you're, if you don't like yourself, why would your relationship work? Not, not only with yourself, but with other people. Um, and as I've gotten older, you know, I'm, I'm 30 now. So the older I get, the the less I care about the way I look physically anyway. And I know that's very easy for me to say because I'm in a you know profession where obviously my looks are important. Um, but I, but I, yeah, I, I try really hard not to make, put that at the forefront. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the term body neutrality is a much healthier and much more realistic way of approaching things. It's definitely the approach that I adopt as well. I mean, you know, like, like any woman, I've struggled with body image throughout my life as well. And I just think actually it's, I, I don't want to just dance in front of the mirror naked every day and <laughs> tell myself how great I look. Like, I just want to feel good enough. And, you know, I think for me actually exercising is something that really helps because I'm like, look at all these cool things my body can do. Yeah. And it helps you see your body as more of like a physical thing as opposed to just, a mirror reflection you know what I mean yeah 100%, um, 100% but you know 
being positive all the time that in itself is quite stressful because no one's positive all the time I mean it's bloody exhausting trying to be positive all the time and you know allowing yourself to feel certain things is healthy you know if, if you're if you're just covering it up with a facade of of fake smiles and thinking you know oh if I smile today or if I chant or do something then I'm going to feel great that also isn't healthy um so it's really about understanding the way you feel and really getting to know your body and you know far more than just the way it looks I know you mentioned what you said um about how your ex-fiance mentioned something to you about he he didn't like the way that you looked at that time he thought you were too thin but have you ever been body shamed by a partner before and how have you dealt with that if so because I think that's actually unfortunately quite a common experience for women yeah well I didn't I mean you know the person you're with is obviously meant to look at you and think you're beautiful but like I said you know I I do or used to I think tend to go towards partners who make me feel really bad about myself so you know there was one guy who said um all men love girls with a thigh gap oh god and I just thought I just thought really but 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 when you know you again when you have these eating disorders you absolutely feel that way um when I was 18 and and, you know this isn't something that I've spoken about but I was in an an abusive relationship with a guy that was a lot older who I mean it's awful but um turned out to be a paedophile um oh my god Charlie yeah I mean just atrocious and I mean the the comments and the put downs and the everything every everything was about the way I looked you know I was constantly fat constantly disgusting if you leave no one's going to want you I mean all the all the typical stuff that you you know get with an abusive relationship but I genuinely thought to myself I can't be in one because I'm 18 so how can I possibly be in an abusive relationship but he was he was a bit older um I mean the most vile fucking individual and now I look back I just think you know what were you doing staying there but these people can really get underneath your skin and the other thing to remember as well is that women grow up thinking that the way they look is so important. I mean, we're taught that from, from you know, an incredibly early age, that your value and your worth lies in the way that you look. And if you fix this, then you'll find a boyfriend. If you do this, you'll, you know, um, get, get, get your dream job. If you do this, you'll become a model or whatever it is. I mean, how many girls are desperate now to be TikTokers or models, you know? And, and that in itself is quite sad. Um, and I should know that because I was one of those women. Um, but I genuinely had this idea that if I was thinner or if I looked this way or if I looked like this celebrity or, or whatever it was, that I would somehow find happiness and find that feeling of content that I really desperately wanted. Hmm. I'm so sorry you went through that. And I mean, really, thank you for sharing that, because I think it's so important that we talk about actually because I know we're talking about body confidence, but it's so important to talk about how when a partner is kind of constantly putting you down in that way and making you feel really low about yourself, it can, it can become a form of abusive and and coercive control because then what you do is you then, you then kind of, you rely on that partner for your self-worth and they make you feel so bad about yourself that in a way it kind of can convince you, oh, well, I need to prove myself and prove my worth for you. And it can kind of keep you in this abusive relationship. And you know, like you said, you were 18 and you thought you you weren't in an abusive relationship because you were an adult. And it, I guess it just goes to show that it can affect it can affect anyone. And it's it's so important that we keep talking about that. Well, I think so. And, you know, it's only until I've gotten older that I have really admitted it to myself, because I mean, even speaking to you about it now, it's the first time I've ever spoken about it, because years on, you still feel terrified. You know, it was like, 
hitting and you know spitting or you know um one time he made me get on my hands and knees and and said to me to put my hands out in front of me on the carpet and and point out which finger he was going to stamp on and break and I remember just shaking like physically shaking and crying and thinking like I don't know what's going to happen and then he he looked away and he went look you're just making it up in, in, in your head all of the, all of this is made up in your head then you know he kind of locked me in a room and the day after that's when I escaped with my dog and I and I left um but I mean it was just yeah it was it was atrocious but again you know more needs to be spoken about really with um abusive relationships and stuff within teenagers because it's so important um but he he destroyed my confidence I mean I can't even that that has affected me throughout my 20s um not because I was in love I, I actually don't think I was in love with him at all well I, I wasn't in love with him but I was so desperate for his approval like you were saying and so desperate to be loved I, I it's, it's, it's yeah it's very complicated yeah it's incredibly complicated particularly when you have someone who is gaslighting you and making you genuinely believe that you are making it up and that you are crazy and that actually you know he's this is a very nice man because I think what tends to happen with abusive partners is they're not abusive I mean well they are abusive the whole time but they're not necessarily outwardly cruel the whole time and they can kind of flip-flop between this really aggressive obviously abusive behavior and then this more subtle kind of more love bombing manipulative behavior where they're telling you you're the best person in the world and you know giving you showering you with compliments and it's that kind of dynamic that unfortunately means so many women can't recognize when when they are in an abusive relationship because you hang on to the good bits a hundred percent a hundred percent and you know um he had a flatmate who was a woman who just point blank refused. i mean I, I remember going to her and being like i'm really scared and she point blank refused to to say that he, well, I mean, he well he's never been abusive to me so why would it be a thing and so you know you genuinely think that you're going crazy especially when you have comments like him saying look it's all in your head or you know and that kind of thing but yeah I remember I just the fear honestly even now I feel like you know we're talking about it because the fear that you feel and I remember him saying to me if you leave this room I will fucking come and kill you I'll kill your mum you know blah 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 and something within me was like I need to escape so I grabbed the dog grabbed my stuff and just ran and I to this day I mean the, the taxi ride from there to to Euston um is generally one of the most scariest things that I can you know recall really but yeah love bombing I mean that that also that's something that I'm trying to understand um because in dating especially you know I I love the romance and I love you know all these things but again it's like where's the diff where, where's the line between being very complimentary towards someone in the beginning versus showering them with all these wonderful comments. And that's something that I have to really understand. And actually, speaking of abuse, um, one of a guy that I met on Hinge during um, lockdown, actually, just just the weirdest person, like, um, called me up out of the blue, well, started off love bombing, constant messages of affection, how beautiful I was, how this, how that. And something within me did think it was a tiny bit odd, but also, you know, I think all of us like the attention to a degree. And then this one day he calls me up at like on, on a Monday night, so like 10 o'clock at night, and just goes into this abusive tirade about how I'm a whore, how I'm this, how I'm that, how I'm, you know, think I'm better than everyone. How I'm, I mean, I don't even know this person. It was just bizarre. 
But there are so many men like this, you know, um, and that's also what's a bit worrying. God, it's so it's so worrying. I mean, particularly having been through what you've gone through, I just I can't imagine what what that's like to to deal with. I mean, how did you pick yourself back up from from that abusive relationship? You know, did you did you seek support from any charities? Did you talk to friends and family? Because I think there's so much shame around that kind of stuff isn't there and it can actually be really difficult to open up to people oh really shame I, did, I didn't want to talk to my family about it I still really haven't um a few of my friends know about it and I did go to a counsellor um afterwards but again you know it's like when these I, I couldn't look at people in the eye I couldn't like you know talk to people properly and it really did and has affected my relationship with men on the whole um so really like my 20s has been a learning curve not only in self-love but also in what to uh, allow in a relationship, you know, and understanding boundaries and understanding what you're comfortable with and understanding that you don't have to put up with this kind of thing, you know, um, that love is is not painful. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I do look at some of the choices that I made in my 20s regarding men. and I, I just roll my eyes because... Oh, it's just insane like the you know the, the situations you put yourself in or or the behavior you allow even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, I read your book, which I'm obviously a huge fan of. I told you that in the beginning. Um, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I loved it. And there's a section in it where you talk about being the cool girl. And I was so, I, I so desperately wanted to be accepted by, by men or whoever I was in a relationship with that I tried to become this cool girl, you know, a girl who didn't give a fuck if they wanted to talk to this girl or if they wanted to um, sleep around or if they wanted to, you know, talk down to me or make comments about my body or whatever it was because I, I wanted to be cool oh you know yes say what you want oh you know yeah um do do whatever you want be whoever you want um yeah it was awful and actually sorry i know i'm rambling right now um (laughs) uh there was someone that i was going out with last year and this was just the weird even to this day it's one of the weirdest relationships i've ever been in because i genuinely thought we were going out but he was seeing millions of girls on the side. Um, and I, I, I mean, I God, I fancied this guy so much. I just thought how wonderful he was and, and how perfect he was. And again, you know, the, the kind of gaslighting, um, the manipulative behavior. So um, for Valentine's Day, he'd buy me these huge bouquets of flowers and then just 
disappear off to Paris for a few days and then ask to spend the weekend with me and then and then say oh, I need space or like if I he'd ask for a hug and then go but that's too much affection and um I mean it was just, it was just bizarre and then it turned out that he was sleeping with you know women that I knew it, he had the thing for models he was constantly seeing people and learning to cut that out was honestly a step forward towards um not allowing this behavior and I actually bought an amazing book I can't remember who the author was but it was called uh Mr Unavailable Mr yeah hang on what was it yeah Mr Unavailable and the Fallback Girl which basically talks about emotionally unavailable men or women and why you are attracted to them and a lot of the time it's because you're emotionally unavailable as well so I think that there are quite a few things within my, you know, relationship history where I've also been a bit standoffish. I'm sure a bit because of what I've had in the past, but also, you know, just a tiny bit mental. But yeah, I mean, I um, that in itself was a massive wake up call. I cannot believe that that guy was seeing so many other women on the side. Um, uh, <laughs> um, how did you find out about that? And did you then confront him? Because I feel like it feels like a scene in a film where you want to do like the other woman kind of thing with Cameron Diaz and Kate Upton and that whole elaborate plan where they confront him. But it's actually, it's also obviously incredibly painful. So how do you, how do you go about that? Or do you just think it's not worth it and just walk away? Okay, well, first of all, my gut instinct from day one said this guy is not right for you. And I chose to ignore it. Every single day I felt nervous I wanted him to call if he didn't call it would ruin my entire day I felt constantly on edge I recognized that when I was with him I was actually on edge and there were nights where I just wouldn't sleep because I was just so anxious I just didn't feel content and I do think that if you're in a in a happy relationship you do feel content you know we have we really have to stop this idea that if you get these butterflies and all these you know um romantic feelings that that those are normal because actually I, I think healthy relationship is when you feel yourself and where you feel secure so anyway it's around his one day and um I found makeup on the sheets orange on the sheets and I thought oh my god um I just thought oh my god oh my god so I took a photo I sent it to my friend and they said well it must be your makeup and I said no no and, and my gut knew it wasn't me because like a I don't wear orange makeup um but also I'm very pale but also I just thought no like I just thought no please not again like the one guy that I really like I really hope this isn't gonna happen to me again to cut a very long story short this is a bit of drama but I was going to a big London party that night and I was putting my bag in the cloakroom and my agent went into the party and a girl who shall remain nameless went over to her and out of absolutely nowhere and I'm just you know reciting what she's what my agent said to me said um hi Jordan uh do you know that I'm seeing blah blah, blah. and Jordan went who and she goes blah 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 and Jordan goes uh give me a second I'm just gonna be right back so I my, I was putting my bag in the cloakroom ready to stay at his that night and Jordan my agent comes over to me and goes this I feel so uncomfortable right now this is one of the most awkward things that I'm gonna have to say but is the guy you're seeing (laughs) and I said yeah why and she goes okay she's like I've just had the very weirdest thing this girl has come over to me and said out of literally nowhere I'm seeing but in the way she said it it was like oh um hi Jordan do you know that I'm seeing and in this really bitchy tone so I was just like, like, what? Like, 
and, 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 I, and I knew this girl through acquaintances. Um, anyway, to cut a very long story short, obviously that night was ruined. I didn't go to his. I messaged him being like, I just please stay away from me. Like I can't, I can't be fucked with this. <laughs> this is just the weirdest story. I'm, I still laugh about it because it's so bizarre. Um, this girl's then texting Jordan, my agent, you know, saying, oh, I was just so scared to go to Charlie. And, you know, she seems so intimidating. And I really don't think I'm that much of an intimidating person. I didn't talk to him for two days. He kept calling, calling, calling. Please call me. Please call me. I just said, no, like not, not interested. And then on the weekend, he said to me, look, please meet up with me. You're going to be so happy with what I've got to say. Just please, like, you know, please meet up with me. So I go, I travel an hour across London to go to this pub in Hampstead. We sit down and he goes, well, first of all, I've broken it up with, so instantly I just thought he's come to his senses. He really, you know, this is just a thing that we've been through in the beginning of our relationship. He's now ready to settle down. Great. And he turns around and he goes, actually, I'm just not, I'm not interested in having a relationship with anyone. Um, I just want to be really honest with you about that. And I just thought, what? Because I mean, you know, the flowers, the the dates, the introducing me to his friends, his his parents knew about me, his mum had me on Instagram, she still comments on my stuff, like, like, it was just so bizarre, I was like, why would you ever do all these things if you didn't want a relationship, um, anyway, he, he, he then said to me that this girl had known about me for a while, she'd also wanted an exclusive relationship with him, and about two days before this kicked off, um, she said, look, you know, I really want to be in a relationship with you. And he said, no, I'm not ready for it. And she said, why are you seeing someone else? And he goes, yeah, Charlie Howard. And so what I think is that she was used, you know, when she came over to my agent at the event, I think it was like a way of being really catty. Um, but I mean, yeah, what the hell? It sounds like it's, it, it sounds like she was trying to like, she was annoyed at him for, for doing this situation to both of you. And she maybe thought that that would be the way that, he would then stop seeing you so he would become exclusive with her a hundred percent and it just made me feel just you know I mean god I felt like shit yeah so after that I was like I'm having a year to myself so actually COVID was quite good because for a year I just didn't really date anyone you know I was like I'm just gonna do my own thing get to know myself had that amazing book um and just really try to understand why I was going for the same sorts of people. It's really interesting. I mean, I first of all, I found that whole story incredibly triggering because I know so many men <laughs> who have done that to me and my friends. And Hello. it's just awful. But the, a few things spring to mind. Okay, so one, have you heard of the term soft boy? No. Well, no, I've seen it on like... Okay, so... So this is, the, I've actually just written a piece about this. So this is like, it's a type of fuckboy, but instead of someone who's like kind of brazenly going to mess you around and like is a bit of a player in quotation marks, this is the kind of guy who basically purports himself to be a feminist, will buy you flowers, will give you books, will kind of shower you with affection and make you feel like they really like you. And then actually just kind of withdraw and be sleeping with someone else and be messing you around and not replying to your text and then all of a sudden they kind of like ghost you or they say they don't want to be with you but it's the kind of guy that convinces you that they're really into you do all these nice things and then they kind of just actually go away and there's an element of superiority about them there's often a power dynamic as well um whether it's age or profession or something um so those are all the things that kind of come to mind when you're telling me that story oh well actually that's really interesting because in the pub when he said to me you know I've broken up with her but also I don't want a relationship he started he went into the bathroom started crying 
And I was like, okay, weird. Anyway, because he was a bit emotional, and by this point I had like, I hadn't eaten all day because I was so heartbroken. I'd had like two vodka lemonades, I'm such a lightweight. And it just went straight to my head. So he goes, so he goes, what do you want to do for the rest of the day? And stupid me thought, you know what? Let's go back. Because there was a part of me that thought, you know, I'm going to make him want me. I'm going to make him want to be with me. So we go back to his flat. And I still can't believe this as well. I mean, like literally the audacity. We were in his flat watching this documentary. And there was a part on it from Florida. That this, this location in Florida. And he goes, oh, yeah, um, I went there on spring break. Um, yeah, I fucked so many dogs on that trip. And I went, excuse me? Like, I mean, that in itself was like the most disgusting way to a, talk about women. But also after like the, the morning or, you know, early afternoon that we bloody had to say that. Then he says to me, um, would you uh, mind maybe coming around here one day and tidying up my wardrobe? And then as I leave, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to go. And I'm, I'm literally got some self-respect and like went to the front door and he goes, Charlie Howard, it's been real, bro. And puts his hand up like to like fist bump me. And I just thought like, what the f- I mean like the like the biggest head fuck. oh my god that's horrible that's horrible I hope you got over that quite quickly because I guess if it's so bizarre and he's so obviously such an arsehole it's quite easy to maybe move on from it actually no because again <laughs> it was just but I, I did do something called no contact so in this in this Mr Unavailable book it says that with these sorts of people you just have to just cut contact and that means blocking them. It means deleting their number. It means deleting pictures of them. And this was like, oh, I don't want to rip the plaster off. But you know what? I did it. And actually, it was so much better for me in the long term. Um, the only thing I regret doing is like last summer, I messaged him being like, look, like I unblocked him. And I went, look, you know, I, ha- I hope you understand that I had to do that for my own mental health. Um, because you weren't that very, ni- you know, very nice to me. And he was like, oh, you know, so good to hear. Oh, it's made my day hearing from you. Oh, let's stay in touch. Have I heard from him again? Have I fuck? So since then, since last July, I haven't heard a word from him. And also, do I want him in my life? No, absolutely not. So actually, you know, he kind of did me a favour. So so where are you at with all of this now? I know that you you said you're in a relationship now. And how how do you feel like your past experiences have informed that? And are you kind of consciously making very different decisions in love than you were previously? Yeah, so I am making like completely different decisions. Um, I am seeing someone super happy um unlike anything really that I've you know unlike anyone that I've been with before it's a very different dynamic so it's you know I'm not trying to uh, I'm trying to take things slowly but definitely in the beginning I was very very standoffish um because of my past experiences obviously and the guy before but I was just like no I'm not getting hurt again my guards were all up and then one day he just turned around and he said look you know why don't you just let things go and just try to let things happen organically and just, and just, you know, but yeah, you know, I am very protective of myself and I have learned so much about myself in the last year, especially and just what I will and will not stand for. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's very early days, but I'm super happy and he really is lovely. So that's, that's important. Um, But yeah, I mean, God, it's very hard to kind of unlearn 10 plus years of behavior um and so really learning what boundaries are and and learning to put my foot down those are super important yeah super important and it goes back to what you said before about not chasing those butterflies and chasing that kind of relationship that keeps you on your toes and keeps you really excited all the time and actually learning that you know like you said real lasting love 
it it shouldn't make you feel insecure it shouldn't make you feel like you're questioning yourself you should just feel secure and calm and confident and like you have a team you know a hundred percent that's what it's about it's about partnership it's not about power struggles like you were saying earlier it's not about one-upmanship it's about you know coming together and and that's what's important but I mean yeah like I said in the beginning I was very standoffish I'm trying to really learn to not be like that um but he's been quite understanding about that as well Finally, I um I actually just looked at my questions. I haven't asked you anything that I was planning on asking you about, <laughs> but I'll ask you one of them. Um, you um, because I'm I'm quite interested in this on the topic of kind of female sexuality, and obviously you still model, so you post photographs of yourself on Instagram, and there, so there's there's a debate around that, particularly with regards to someone like Emily Ratajkowski. Whereas, you know, she'll post those photos and she'll say that it makes her feel empowered and it's a feminist statement. And people criticize her for that because they say that, you know, it's it's not a feminist statement and it's this whole idea of choice feminism. And, you know, Emily would, would say, I mean, she might have changed her tact on it, but previously from what I have seen, someone like Emily would say, you know, it's it's my choice, it's my body, I can do what I want. And a lot of women say that. I'm interested to hear where you stand on that debate because I'm I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I, I'm conflicted on what, what I think about that. So what do you think? I'm a feminist through and through. I worship women. I love women. I love being a woman. I wouldn't. I never want to be a man in my life. I believe that feminism isn't about telling other women how to live their lives. I wouldn't necessarily wear a headscarf. I've learned through meetings with, you know, Muslim women or whatever, that actually that empowers them. That is very different to perhaps the way that I would live my life. However, that's their choice. Um, I personally find it empowering, especially after, you know, having eating disorders and and, and having, you know, shitty comments to me about my body throughout my whole life. I I find it empowering taking photos of my body. I love uh, referencing the 50s. I love looking at, you know, old Hollywood um, film stars and especially pinups. Um, I don't have a problem with Playboy. I, I've met glamour models in the past whose, whose lives have basically been completely ripped from underneath their feet because um, other, other women decided that that was offensive and that that brought feminism down. And I think being a woman, that there are so many layers to it. There are so many ways of being a woman. And what I think is amazing is that we can have brains. We can also have beauty. We can be naked if we want to. We can cover up if we want to. That's what's wonderful about being a woman is that we have these choices, especially nowadays. I really agree with you, to be completely honest. And it's just, I I understand where the whole choice feminism thing comes from and, and why people have a problem with that because obviously it's not that simple to just say it's my body it's my choice and whatever but I actually think if you personally find it empowering to do that then who the hell is gonna tell you that it's not empowering like I actually I think it should be about autonomy and having autonomy over your body particularly when women have spent years feeling like they should feel shame around their bodies and shame around their sexuality and I think if you see a woman in the public eye or not actually embracing that and feeling happy about her body and wanting to show it off and finding that kind of somehow, you know, that makes her feel empowered and confident, that then that's not something we should be criticising. Well, I don't either, especially because we live in a world that loves to tear women down, absolutely loves it. And, you know, I also think, why why are we so anti-women 
wanting to be sexy or, or wanting to be desired by men, actually, for that fact. You know, like Kim Kardashian gets a lot of stick or these women, you know, that, that love to flaunt their, their bodies get so much shit for it. And I just think, why? Like, just because you don't want to do that doesn't mean they can't. Some women love it, love getting attention from men um, or, or they love, you know, not necessarily fitting that male idolized image, I wouldn't say, but they, they just, they, it makes them feel good about themselves. And I just think in a world that just loves to put women down, it's just one less thing to worry about. But feminism, as we know, is a very complicated, um, you know, subject with tons of layers within it. So I, I completely understand why people get offended. It just blows my mind sometimes that people take it upon themselves to, to force other women how to behave. Mm, yeah I completely and agree actually, and actually, that's just as bad as being a misogynist ironically so so you think you know that you're doing um well by women and actually you're not because you're taking choices away and and feminism is about having choices right it is time for our lessons in love segment so this is the part of the show where I ask every guest to share something that they have learned uh from their previous relationship experiences I feel like you've dropped several lessons during the episode Charlie do you have do you have any left <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to talk about boundaries because having healthy boundaries is super important. It's, you know, can come down to having your own space during the day. It can come down to wanting to have a, a night off in the week or, you know, going out with your friends or doing whatever. It can come down to you not wanting them to talk to other women it can be it can be whatever it is but it's so important that you lay those foundations out from the beginning and again going back to the cool girl thing I think in the past I've been very you know cautious about trying to to not piss men off um or trying to piss my partners off because I wanted them to like me and actually it's a two-way street it's very much about meeting halfway and there are some things that you're going to have to sacrifice for them as well perhaps um, but that's just what being in a relationship's about. And it's just about having respect for each other. And, and that for me is something that I've absolutely learned. And that is so important. And, you know, hopefully this relationship will work out. If it doesn't work out, then, you know, I, I'll go into another relationship having those um, those boundaries there and, and, and knowing my worth. Mm. And I think that everyone should absolutely go into a relationship knowing what they will and will not stand for. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's so important to feel like you can express those boundaries early on. We spoke about this in the previous episode of the podcast and about how important it is to actually shatter that cool girl kind of mystique and just be upfront about what you need and what you like. And you don't have to be, you know, didactic about it, but you just have to be very clear about what works for you and what doesn't. And don't let anyone make you feel compromised in in any way but you know you have to you have to strike a balance between like you said like learning to do things that your partner wants you wants you to do that you might not necessarily feel comfortable with and you know you have to you have to, it's a balancing act but I think you have to be quite clear in your mind about the things that are you know like if you said if you need time in the week to yourself and you need you know that one night a week or however many nights it is just to be on your own and have your own time then you have to make sure that your partner facilitates that. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We've spoken about some difficult subjects today, so it's important for me to point out that you do not have to wait for an emergency situation to find help. If domestic abuse is happening to you, it's important to tell someone and remember you're not alone. If you need support, you can call the Freephone National Domestic Abuse Helpline, run by Refuge on 0808 2000 247. They'll give you free information anytime, day or night.
If you're a new listener to Millennial Love, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or anywhere else. Please do comment and leave us a rating too so that more people can find us. And do also pre-order Millennial Love, the book, which is out next week on Thursday the 8th of July with Fourth Estate. I'm very excited for you to read it. Also, if you missed our bonus episode last week, I shared an exclusive extract from the Millennial Love audiobook. So do go back and listen to that if you fancy. Keep up with everything to do with the show on Instagram. Just search Millennial Love. See you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.